Welcome back to the podcast, The Secret of a Successful Life Series. In our lives, we find that some people are easier to get along with than others. The Lord Jesus helps us to love all people, even the ones we find to be difficult. In our story, David and Anna Benson have had a nearby neighbor who has been a very difficult man to live by. But in this chapter, something God directed and totally unexpected is about to happen that will surprise everyone. The episode is titled, When You Are at Peace with God and Your Neighbor. Swinging open the back screen door, David Benson had just come home to eat the noon meal after a long morning of spring plowing. Whatever you're cooking, honey, it sure smells good. Why, thank you, Mr. Benson. I made your favorite meal of roast beef and noodles. Now, before you get too comfortable, I made extra food for our neighbor, Glade Marshall. David, would you take this over to his house so he can eat a hot lunch for a change? Anna, I'm starving. And to think how that lazy man can't get around to fix his own meals. He hasn't even got his tractor out to start spring field work yet, but that's nothing unusual for him. Now, Mr. Benson, I know Glade has not been the easiest man to have for a neighbor. You can say that again, Anna. But honey, I just feel like God wants us to do this. For some unknown reason, Glade has been on my mind a lot today. I think we need to do this. So would you take some of these fresh biscuits in this Dutch oven of beef and noodles over for Glade? After all, you've instructed Anna May and me to never go to his house alone, and we've respected your wishes. Okay, honey, you got me there. I should not be so calloused about old Glade. Grabbing a couple hot biscuits to eat on the way, David picked up the food containers and hoped to be back in a few minutes to eat dinner himself. Walking up to the back door of Glade's house that was just across the fence, David knocked on the door. With no answer coming from the house, David opened the back door and loudly said, Glade, David Benson here. My wife sent some food over for you to eat. A soft voice could be heard from the back of the house. David, please come in. Walking in, David noticed that the farmhouse was far from being clean, but that was not unusual for the way Glade usually kept his house. Yet something was different about this situation. Setting the food on the table, David made his way to the back bedroom. Glade, are you all right? David, I'm so glad that you stopped by. I appreciate your missus sending that meal over, but I don't think I'm able to eat anything right now. Walking up to the bed, David noticed that Glade's color was gray. Pulling up a chair, David sat down and said, Glade, how long you been feeling badly? Two nights ago, I had a sharp pain in my chest, and I thought I was going to be leaving this world for sure. I've slept a lot since then and just don't have much energy.
So I take it you haven't eaten or drank anything in that time either. Glade, you probably need to eat some of the broth from the beef and noodles Anna sent over. With a labored effort, Glade said, Oh, bless her heart. I sure appreciate that. Helping Glade to the table, David helped him sit down and dished him up some food to eat. After Glade had eaten some and visited a little, David said, Glade, I want to do something for you. I want to take you to the doctor as soon as you get done eating. I'll come back with my car and pick you up in ten minutes. At that, David walked out of the house and then hurried to his home. Coming in the back door, he said, Anna, you need a big kiss for what you just did, but I don't have time right now. Come with me while I change my clothes. Racing up the stairs, David started to clean up in the bathroom, and Anna brought him some clean clothes. Setting them down on a chair, Anna listened as David continued to fill her in on the details. I have to take him to the doctor. Honey, I think he's dying, and he probably had a heart attack a couple nights ago. I would guess that the rest of the afternoon will be spent with him, and no, I'm not complaining. Old Glade doesn't have anyone to look after him anymore. Now these daughters have all left home. David, we know that he didn't treat his girls very good after their mother died years ago. I know that's why you didn't want Mary or Anna Mae or myself to be over there alone. And I love you for that. I'm so glad that you're helping him out. After changing his clothes, David kissed Anna goodbye and thanked her for helping him to do something real important. Pulling the car up close to Glade Marshall's back door, David then helped his neighbor into the car and headed for Lexburg to see the doctor. With labored breathing, Glade said, David, this means so much to me. I want to tell you, I've not been an easy man to live near. You know it. I know it. And the Lord knows it. David, I'm sorry for all the trouble I've caused you and your family. I feel real bad about the way I treated Leo when he was engaged to Marlene. It sounds like Leo found him a real sweet southern girl for a wife. I'm so glad for him. Changing the subject, David said, Glade, what do you hear from your kids these days? Oh, the girls don't write much. Can't say I blame them, the way I treated them. You know, after Marlene and Leo split up, Marlene was married to a soldier she met up in Omaha. While David was thinking how Glade was not quite accurate in that, Glade corrected himself. No, that's not exactly right, David. Marlene was cheating on Leo and got herself pregnant with some soldier before he shipped out overseas. They got married, and then he got killed over in Europe. Marlene found another soldier and got married, and she lives out in Nebraska now. David thought to himself, I've never known Glade to be so honest as he is right now. At that, David prayed a silent prayer and asked the Lord to help him minister to Glade any way Jesus wanted him to. At that, David said, Glade, you know, you're important to the Lord, don't you? Oh, David, with all the terrible things I've done in my life, I don't see how God could 
love me or even stand to forgive me. I've wasted my life so badly. I have to disagree with you, Glade. Let me explain. Do you know that in the Bible there is a man who said he was the worst of sinners? He used to mistreat Christians because he hated them. Yet God loved him and helped him to change. Glade, do you know who that was? David, I, I don't know much about the Bible, so I can't answer that. That's okay, Glade. The man who we refer to as the Apostle Paul, God had him get his attention and then send someone to tell him what he needed to do. That man didn't want to go at first, but he did. And he shared important news of Saul, who would later be called Paul. If you don't mind, I'll tell you what he said. Go ahead, David. I appreciate you talking to me. Okay, I'm going from memory, but in Acts 22, 12 to 16, and one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, well reported of all by the Jews that dwelt there, came unto me, and standing by me, said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And in that very hour I looked up on him, and he said, The God of our fathers hath appointed thee to know his will, and to see the righteous one, and to hear a voice from his mouth. For thou shalt be a witness for him unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on his name. Glade, the righteous one they're talking about here is Jesus Christ. What do you know about Jesus? David, I'm so sorry to say that I've used the Lord's name so many times as a swear word. I know you've heard me swearing many times since we live so close. But Jesus is God's son. I know that. So how do you feel about that, Glade? David, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I had a heart attack the other night. I've been doing a lot of praying since then, so you might find this hard to believe. But I do believe in Jesus, that he's God's son. Glade, according to the verses I just quoted you, the man who became the Apostle Paul was told to arise and be baptized and wash away his sins, calling on the Lord's name. Glade, have you done that? No. David, I've never been baptized, but I'd like to be. Could you help me with that? Glade, I most certainly will. Let's get you to the doctor and see what he has to say. We'll see about getting some help to baptize you later today if you want. David, I would really like that. Thank you. Arriving at the doctor's office, David helped Glade inside and offered to stay with him during the checkup if he wished. Glade was glad for him to be there. After the checkup, the doctor was quite upfront with Glade. Mr. Marshall, you have had a recent heart attack. Now, I've been after you for some time to stop that drinking and smoking and lose some of that weight of yours. I don't know how else to tell you, but be blunt. Glade, 
It's just a matter of time for you. I would advise that you go home and get your affairs in order. At that, David interrupted. Dr. Jones, if it's a matter of money, I'll see to it that Glade is taken care of. Looking at David, Dr. Jones sadly shook his head and said, No, David, money is not going to help Glade at this point. I wish I had better news for you, Glade, but I'm afraid it's just a matter of time before you have a massive heart attack and you'll probably not survive it. Glade said, Doc, I pretty well figured that out for myself. But I thank you for all you've done for me. At that, David helped Glade out of the room and stopped by the front desk where he paid for the doctor's visit. While driving home, David was quiet, not knowing what to say to Glade. Finally, Glade said, David, would you baptize me this afternoon? Looking at Glade, David said, Glade, from what we visited about earlier, yes, I would. I want to ask Greg Smith, our assistant preacher at the church, to come along. I think I'll also ask my dad and nephew Leroy to help me with this. Stopping by the parsonage at the Cedar Grove Church grounds, David briefly met with Greg and Doris, asking them to come help with this special event. From there, David and Glade drove by Leroy's farm, where they saw him plowing by the road. Waving him down, Leroy stopped the tractor and said, Uncle David, I figured you'd be out plowing this afternoon. Looking over at Glade in the car, he could tell the old man was not feeling too well. Leroy, Glade wants to be baptized this afternoon. I was wondering if you could help me with that. Well, that sounds like the best thing I've been asked to do all day. I'll drive the tractor up to the house and get some clothes and a towel. I'll ask Betty June to come along. Thank you, Leroy, Glade said. Yes, thank you. We'll meet you at the fishing hole north of the church building in a few minutes. I'll see if Anna and my dad will come along. We'll see you there in about an hour. Sounds good, Uncle David. Glade, I'm happy for your decision. Leroy, it's a decision I should have made a long time ago. Thank you for helping me with this. Leaving Glade in the car... David ran into the house to get a change of clothes for him and Glade. Seeing Anna, David said, Honey, you'll never guess what we're going to do. What do you mean, David? I mean that God was speaking through you this noon hour. We're going to baptize Glade Marshall in about an hour. Would you come along? You bet I will. I've been praying for that man for a long time. Grabbing her jacket, Anna said, Let's take the camera. This is going to be a special event. Good idea, sweetheart, David said. While Anna grabbed the camera, some clothes and a towel, David got on the phone to call his parents. Dad, this is David. I need your help this afternoon. Always willing to help you. I don't think you got stuck with the tractor plowing, did you? No, nothing like that today. It is something real important. Can you help me with a baptism up the creek? Why, sure, son. I'll get some extra clothes and a towel. Your ma and I'll be right up there. By the way, who's the person that's getting dipped? 
Realizing that other people would be listening in on a party telephone line, David said, just come up and be prepared to see the last person you would ever guess be baptized. With excitement in his voice, Frank Benson said, okay, we'll be on the way shortly. Dave and Anna helped Glade into their car, and Anna said, Glade, I'm really glad you're making this commitment. I want you to know, I've been praying for this day for a long time. Anna, I've needed to do this for a long time. I hear some of those radio preachers talking, and some of them speak about repenting. I want you two folks to know, I'm serious about this. You all know what kind of a mean old cuss I've been. I want you to know, I owe that nephew of yours a sizable amount of money, and I intend to give it to him. Hearing that comment, David and Anna both looked at each other and thought how they never dreamed they would hear Glade say that. When Frank and Betsy drove up to the bridge, Frank gasped when he said, David said that it would be the last person we would expect. Betsy, that's Glade Marshall standing with David. Preacher Greg and Doris along with Leroy and Betty. Hallelujah, praise be to God. Reaching the baptizing hole by the bridge north of the creek, the men helped Glade down to the water. David started to say, Now Glade, the recent spring days have been warming up, but that water might be a little cold. So I'll do some of the talking out here. Glade, you told me about your belief in Jesus today and how you regret the way you've lived. Glade, that can describe every one of us in God's eyes. So Glade, can you share with the rest of the folks here what you believe about Jesus? Looking David in the eye, Glade said, I know that Next to the Apostle Paul, I'm the worst sinner around. I need what Jesus did on the cross for me. I believe that Jesus is God's Son, and I need Him as my Lord. David said, Greg, would you read some scripture before we start? Greg said, It is an honor to help with this special event. Glade, I feel that the Lord would have me share from Romans 6, 1 through 11. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. We who died to sin, how shall we any longer live therein? Or are ye ignorant that all we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him through baptism into death, that, like as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we also might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away, that so we should no longer be in bondage to sin, 
For he that hath died is justified from sin. But if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ has been raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death no more hath dominion over him. For the death he died, he died unto sin once. But the life that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Even so reckon ye also yourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God in Christ Jesus. Greg Smith then said, Glade, the Bible is very explanatory here. God is doing something very important for you when you are baptized. Everything that this scripture says about baptism is what God is doing. We want to realize that God is doing the real work in your baptism. David then said, Greg, thank you so much for reading the scriptures and sharing that comment. Everyone, today I just heard Glade share some comments about his plans. I believe he is repenting of what he has done and wants to turn his life over to God. So Glade, in a few moments, Greg, Leroy, Dad and I will briefly lower you under the water and then bring you right back up. We'll make sure that you're all right. The five men walked into the waist-deep water and Glade said, It's been quite a spell since I've had a cold bath, but I'm glad we're doing this today. With the two younger men, Greg and Leroy on each side, and Glade and David with Frank, there for extra help if needed, David said, Glade Marshall, upon your good confession of Jesus Christ, you are about to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. With the scripture I shared earlier, the Apostle Paul was told to call upon the Lord's name. So I ask that you pray in your heart for the Lord to give you everything he has promised to give during baptism. And also, with the Bible verses that Greg shared, we want to realize that God is doing the real work here in your baptism. At that, the two men gently lowered Glade under the water and brought him back up. Anna and Betty were busy taking pictures with their cameras for Glade and his family. The women waited by the cars while the men changed their clothes and came up to the road. I never thought this day would come, Betty said to Anna, Doris, and Betty. To be honest, I didn't think it would either, Anna said, but I'm glad that Glade made this step. I think he is doing this for the right reason. At that, the men walked over to the cars, and the ladies congratulated Glade for his decision to follow the Lord's command. Glade said, I just want to thank every one of you for your help today. This means the world to me. David said, Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we realize that you are rejoicing in heaven right now about Glade's decision to follow you. We ask that you give him that inner peace that only can come from you and use him for your glory in whatever ways you want. This is our prayer that we pray in the name of Jesus, your Son and our Savior. Amen. 
As the group got ready to leave, Frank looked at Glade and said, We are so glad you are part of God's family now. I plan to see you on Sunday and will pick you up for church if you like. Frank, I would like that very much, Glade said. After driving up to Glade's house, David and Anna helped him to the door. Glade, I'll wash your clothes and David will bring them over to you tomorrow. Thank you so much, Anna. Would you and David come inside to visit? I know the house is a mess, so please overlook that. Walking in the house, David and Anna wanted to help Glade sit down. But Glade said, you go ahead and sit down. I have to take care of something. At that, Glade reached into the cupboard and grabbed a flat red tobacco can. Walking to a chair near David and Anna, he went on to show how much he had changed. David and Anna, this is something I have to do, so please do not stop me. At that, Glade opened the flat tobacco can, and the Vincents could see that it was filled with paper money. Pulling out a $5 bill, Glade handed it to David and said, David, you paid for my doctor visit today, and I want you to have this. Glade, your, your visit didn't cost that much. Waving his hand at David, Glade said, David, I owe you a lot more than that. Please take it. And I'm so glad that you baptized me today. Glade, I don't charge people for baptisms. Nevertheless, I owe you a lot. And I want you to keep that. You hear? Okay, David said. Now, there's something else I need to take care of. Glade started to look into the tobacco can and pulled out an assortment of cash bills. Looking at one in particular, he said, this one should do. Handing Anna a $100 bill, Glade said, Anna, would you make sure your nephew, Leo, gets this? All those times when I mooched money from him when he was dating Marlene, I probably owe him at least this much. Anna said, Glade, David and I will send this to Leo right away. He and his wife are expecting a baby soon, and this will come in handy. I'm sorry that I treated your family the way I did, and I want to make things right with you. Glade, what Jesus did on the cross made things right for all of us. We're glad that you wanted to clear up your debts. David continued, Glade, the ladies took pictures this afternoon of your baptism. Maybe your daughters would like to see them. You know, I think they would like to hear about what you did today and how you've been feeling. Glade, they really should know what the doctor said today. Anna looked at David with a puzzled look and then figured that Glade didn't have much time left on this earth. You're right, David. I will write them a letter tonight. I don't know how much longer I have left here. Glade, we'll make sure your crop is put in this spring and taken care of. David, I appreciate that. But I've taken advantage of you for so long. Maybe you should just farm my land on shares so you will have a profit for your work. Glade, I'll have to pray about that offer, but regardless... I'll help to put your crop in, so don't worry about that, okay? Okay. 
You know, it's been quite a day, and I'm right tired. After I write my kids, I need to take a nap. As David and Anna got up to leave, they said, Glade, you call if you need anything. In the following days, Glade gained some strength, but didn't have his normal energy. However, everyone that saw him could see a major change. Glade had become a caring, generous man. A couple weeks passed when his two daughters and their families came to visit Glade. Glade was quite emotional and begged for Marlene's and her sister Emma's forgiveness. Girls, I know God has forgiven me for my terrible sins. I caused you to live in a near hell on earth and should have gone to prison for what I did. I'm so ashamed, and I beg for your forgiveness. The doctor said I don't have much time left, and so I'm signing the farm over to you two. The farm belonged to your mother's family, and she would want you to have it. I would like to spend the rest of my days here. I can't say that Glade's daughters accepted his apology well at that time. They were pretty bitter. But in time, they came to see that their father had truly repented and felt real sorrow for his past. Eventually, the girls were able to move past the pain their dad had caused and forgive him before he died. Someone has asked, what makes for a good death? As Christians, we realize that Christ gives us hope for the present life and for the time when we step into eternity. While I never met Glade Marshall, I'm told of the wonderful changes that came over his life after he met Jesus. He attended church every Sunday he was able. His faith in God continued to grow and grow. He knew very well that every day could be his last one. When the time came for Glade Marshall to step into eternity in the summer of 1950, Glade died at peace with God and his neighbors. Thank you for joining us today. We have noticed how the most unexpected changes have taken place in the life of the last person anyone in the area would think could change. But God can help anyone change for the better when he is allowed to. In the next chapter titled, It is Something I Feel God Wants Me to Do, we will see how several of the characters will be involved in things that they really feel God is leading them to do. We invite you to listen to this podcast. <music>